Welcome to Civil Discourse. I'm Jamie Wojciechowski. And I'm Marilyn Brown. And today, uh, we just want to start off by kind of updating you on what we've been up to. It's been, I think, three, four weeks since we've done a uh, podcast. It's going to call it our summer hiatus. Yeah. Uh, so, I get, what have you been up to? I have actually been in a creative burst in the last, like, month or so. So, it's felt really good. Um, I've been kind of moving forward with some projects that I've had swirling around in my mind for years. Um, so that's been exciting. And also just realizing that like things come together when they're supposed to. And so if I had been working on these things the way I maybe judged myself for a year ago, it wasn't actually the right time for it. And now is the right time. And I just kind of realized. And so I've really been in this like creative flow lately and feeling excited and making really good connections and meeting new people and just like enjoying the summer in LA and it's been incredibly hot but I'm coping I have an air conditioner (laughs) unit in my in my apartment this year so that's great so I don't have to escape to my office to cool off like I did last year so you're by the beach right you're by the ocean I mean, by in L.A. terms, I'm west. I'm on the west side of the city. So I'm not, like, east where it gets really, really, really hot. Like, I know there's a lot of warmer areas to live in. But even still, it's just, like, these buildings. My building is not made for this kind of heat. And so it just kind of becomes, like, a hot box in the summer. So, yeah. What about you? Like, 125 here in the valley. It's been, like, crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel kind of bad even complaining about the heat to somebody who lives in the valley, but it's all relative. That's true. It's more yeah. of a dry heat here, so maybe that makes it better. Yeah, because it's been strangely <laughs> humid around here. Yeah. That's what I've been realizing. And it's like I moved away from the Midwest to get away from the humidity and the humid summers. And so this is just putting me a little out of sorts, as well as my curl pattern in my hair. Right. Yeah, I just there's been a, a bunch of days where I've had to work be on set super early at like 5 a.m. And I'll get up at four and walk outside and it's still like 92 degrees. You're like, But the sun's been down for hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what have you been up to these last few weeks? Oh, I've been busy, too. I'm producing uh, a, a few projects. So I've been just going nonstop. I've been back and forth between L.A. and New York a bunch. Uh, and it's been kind of crazy. I haven't actually had time to self-reflect on much of it yet, so Mm. I feel very much kind of it's just swirling all in my mind. (laughs) Yeah, it's a blur right now. People are always like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm still just like in go-go-go mode that I I can't remember what I did yesterday. I'm just like, what do I have next to do? So, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And with all of that, how have you, how's your mindfulness practice been? Do you, do you notice a difference when you're traveling and? Yeah, uh, it's, it's actually very interesting because I've been meditating a lot less. Um, I'm still been trying to, uh, maintain as much regularity as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's always interesting with being so busy because I disconnect, uh, from social media, uh, a lot when that happens and just doing that in a way kind of makes me feel more mindful and yet completely Mm -hmm. out of the loop people will talk about things that have been in the news and I just 
haven't seen really anything. So right. it's it's kind of a nice break from all of that at, since there's no... Uh, I'm really focusing on the, the things I'm doing as opposed to there being any kind of outside distractions. Mm-hmm. But also I feel kind of disconnected from the outside world at the same time. Yeah, that's that's something that I notice as well when I when I tend to step back cuz being in the space that I've been in recently in this creative burst, I've I've stepped back from social media as well and and much, you know, some was just kind of not really intentionally doing it, just not feeling the urge to check my social media, just not being interested in it cuz I had other things that I was thinking about. And mm-hmm. so that was helpful, but then in the last couple of days or a few days or so, I've actually intentionally taken Instagram off my phone and, and, and stepped away from it. And it is, it creates a space where I, I don't miss it. Like I always, I mean, I don't usually think I'm going to miss it, but people ask, you know, do you miss it? But I don't miss the mindless scrolling. I don't miss going to that app when I opened up my phone to do something else. You know, I'm really notorious for planning to write an email and I'll open my phone. And then next thing I know I'm in Instagram And so I don't miss it. But at the same time, I do feel like I'm missing things and and connections. And and on some level, I mean, I've had to intentionally go in and kind of check certain things because some of the classes that I take have social media component where there's announcements and things like that. So I still have to interact with it. Um, But yeah, it, 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 I do think that it creates a space where you're able to just be more mindful without really that much effort. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting how much more energized I feel because the first mm-hmm. time in, that I really sat of all days, um, so the uh, Ohio election was oh, happening. right. Um, yeah. And Twitter was all a buzz. Um, and it was a Twitter, yes. I literally was on it for maybe 30 minutes and I just felt so drained just immediately just and I it was it was a lot because uh, a lot of people were uh, messaging me to kind of get involved and to kind of make a, a statement and basically what was happening was there's a lot of uh, attacks on the Green Party candidate and uh, back to that same old kind of debate um, that people love uh, to try to drag me into. Yeah, um, yeah. So I put out like a really quick tweet about it and then kind of just disengaged mm-hmm. um, and immediately felt a lot better once I turned it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I think for me, I don't get people trying to pull me into those kind of discussions that would make it even more challenging. You know what I mean? For just to kind of I, I can usually pop in and I'll see things, but there's not I don't have like things in my mentions of like, what do you think about this? Or talk about, you know, I, I, I'm not at that point on Twitter where people are asking my opinion on things. And so it's kind of nice because I don't feel drawn to do so in like, you know, cause you can kind of feel like this is a service, right? Like this is Mm -hmm. helpful to, to respond to this in some way. And so I don't really often, I don't feel that way. So I can imagine that would be a little challenging to kind of keep those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I never uh, intended for this to happen, but I think just uh, being, I guess, well-branded, if you will, um, most of the time if people are 
personally reaching out to me on social media to engage in something, it's because they're not seeing a mindful perspective and they're curious what mine is. Um, so yeah. it, it's nice in that I, I don't have people sending me, for the most part, sending me nasty messages or like trying to coax me into a debate or anything. They're right, just I see. curious about kind of a mindful perspective when they're not seeing one, mm-hmm. um, which is, is nice because it always gets me trying to look for the, the mindful approach to seeing whatever issue is being discussed. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's also very draining having to look at a bunch of the very unmindful comments about it. Uh, and I, I think it's hard. Um, I think what's draining is I feel like so many people have such good intentions. Uh, they mm-hmm. just are approaching things so unmindfully that it appears they're actually hurting the positive thing they're trying to do. Right. Right. Because my, my comment was about uh, a lot of people were blaming uh, Green Party voters. Uh, and my comment was just, well, when has, as a Democrat, uh, when has a Republican calling you a snowflake or a libtard ever convinced you to vote Republican or the other way around. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you would then think it would be effective to do the same to a different voting block. On top of the fact that that the numbers don't add up for what they're trying to claim. So it's just a lot of different. It's a challenge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is a challenge. And it's a challenge that kind of keeps coming up because as Mm -hmm. The elections happen and as you know midterm elections happen people continue to use that um argument yeah, and kind and of it's hard. Re- rehash it yeah it's hard and we've talked about it before i think too is yeah. the immediacy of social media that uh mm-hmm. another time and a lot of time i don't want to respond right away because i i'm aware that the reason there's no mindful discussion yet is because everyone's still kind of raw in their emotional response and no one's really had the time or taken the time to step back and actually look at it through a mindful lens. Um, They're just kind of reacting. Mm -hmm. um, People are triggered and they're reacting. Yeah. Which I, a lot of times I'll wait because yes, I can put out a, uh, my attempt at a mindful uh, look on it. But if people aren't ready for that, it just gets one ignored or it gets a lot of hate thrown at it. Um, so a lot of times I just like to wait till people are more ready to be in that realm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. And then I think it also takes away that anxiety that social media can kind of create to have to com- comment immediately mm-hmm. or have to be a part of that immediate discussion. You know, I think that like that's part of one of the one of my frustrations around social media is that with the immediacy of it, there's kind of this pressure. Well, if you're not commenting on things as it's happening, then, you know, and how important is that commentary? And so but I do think that the more mindful commentary, it's received more effectively later. And also, I think it takes time to create that, at least for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, our 
I have a quote, um, and you wanted to pull a card. So I thought what could be fun is if I say my quote, and then you pull a card and read your card, and then we talk about how those two things either relate or don't relate. My assumption is that they will relate, but we will see. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And so the deck I'm using, just to let people know before we pull, is the Law of Attraction, um, Esther and by Jerry and Esther Hicks. So. Yeah, they're going to relate, because if it's by Hicks, my quote's by Watts, so. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. It's Law of Attraction, it's like, yeah. But this will be fun, see what we get. And the quote I'm going to read is by Alan Wilson Watts. And it is, really, the fundamental, ultimate mystery. The only thing you need to know to understand the deepest metaphysical secrets is this. That for every outside, there is an inside. And for every inside, there is an outside. And although they are different, they go together. Hmm. One of my favorites. I really like that quote. Um... All right, so I'm going to pull a card. So I'm going to actually have you tell me when to, when to pull so you can go ahead and pull. All right. Ah, I am a magnet attracting unto myself. <laughs> yes, I am a magnet attracting unto myself. I won't read the back because that's a little deeper explanation so i want us to kind of discuss it and then i'll read the back towards the end mm -hmm. i'm just gonna take a moment yeah. reflect on it yeah uh i mean i think that's for me uh i like the uh use of the word magnet and i'm thinking mm -hmm. it in the uh in the alan watts quote um it's mm -hmm. kind of that uh duality um and non-duality that we talk about very often about how uh, we as humans are wired to kind of uh, separate things into categories and in, into boxes as a survival uh, tactic when mm -hmm. the reality is that everything is completely interconnected um, and mm -hmm. everything we do and everything around us uh, relates and, and has an effect on everything um and i yeah. think the uh, analogy of a of a magnet of being kind of drawn uh to to forces and to things and and to yourself and that kind of being the the force because that's it's like a a, a force or the, the concept of whatever that that is that creates that connection or maintains that connection if that makes sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and the the word magnet for me really brought up that image of you know magnets attracting that that sameness and so we attract what we are um and that's kind of one of the laws of attraction and so that i'm a magnet unto myself i'm attracting these reflections of myself that kind of um that goes along with the Watts quote. I can't, you know, remember the exact wording at the end, but um, actually, can you reread that little yes. last sentence? I'll reread the ending. The last is that for every outside, there is an inside. And for every inside, there is an outside. And although they are different, they go together. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And so like that, that brings about that, the, the term or the principle as above, so below to me. And so that kind of the, that as within, so without. And so that magnet, that image of that magnet attracting what you've already created. And I think that's kind of one of the things that as humans, we think we attract what we want. We think we attract what we, you know, want, but we really attract what we're already putting out. And so we attract things that have that similar vibration or kind of are along that similar vibration. And so if I want all of these wonderful things, but I'm very negative about where I'm already at, or I'm very negative about what I already have, it's really difficult to create that energy vibration where I'm actually pulling in the things that I want. And so what, what ends up happening is we pull in the things that we don't want, but that we're focusing on or thinking about. And so it's just that kind of that idea of magnetism really resonates with me around um, really just that, that the importance of mindfulness and really being mindful that, that even that tiniest kernel of our thoughts, those we, we attract those things. And so even that's energy that we're putting out. It's not just what we do or, or, or what we, you know, put, time towards but it's even just the the essence of what we think about yeah it's interesting i was out with a few friends and we were uh discussing the concept of karma and i was kind of uh bringing up what i feel is a common misconception with the idea of karma because for me karma is really just the the rule of cause and effect yes and that because everything is interconnected uh, the things that you do will eventually uh, directly affect you. Yeah. Um, and I think a big misconception with that is the uh, the mentality behind what goes around comes around. And the idea that just because there's good intentions means that good things are going to come back to you. Because that's not actually what uh, karma means karma really doesn't have anything to do with good or bad or it's it's about the actions will have an effect and you could be putting out what you feel are the best intentioned actions and negative things through your perception can happen to you because that's the effect of what you're putting out it's not automatically because you perceive something as good and you're putting it out there that means that something you perceive as good is going to come uh, back at you. But yes. I think uh, what mindfulness allows you to do is uh, I think intention is important, but it allows you to see uh, a, a longer way into the ripple of that effect so that you can analyze what your how your actions are affecting uh, the surroundings that you see and then in turn affecting you and make choices based on that as opposed to uh just hoping that it, it turns out in your favor right right or hoping that because you want it it's it's what happen. it's good way right, it's what's going to happen and yeah because that doesn't take into account how interconnected we all are and so we, if we were all these little individual islands then maybe it would work that way that you want something and then the universe is like here you go because we wouldn't be affecting each other. But the rec the realization is that we're all completely interconnected. And so my desires are something that I've deemed as good 
right? That's a, that's, that's a judgment in and of itself anyway. You know, the, mm-hmm. the decision that this action that I've decided to take, I'm, I've decided that it's good. And so I've also decided that I deserve good things because of it is really kind of just all ego based, you know, it's just kind of all based on what, what the self wants rather than that awareness that we are so connected and that, um, the, the reality that our actions have results, whether they're like just actions have results. Anything that we do has a ripple effect. It's not about whether it's good or bad. Everything has an effect. And so I think with mindfulness, you're able to extend that sphere and recognize, okay, well, I can want this thing, but how is it causing harm to someone else? Or is it causing harm to the, to the collective? And so I think that that, you know, and it's not, we still don't know exactly what's happening and what's affected, but I think that coming from a mindful, mindful approach allows you to create, again, like you said, more, more, awareness of that ripple effect mm-hmm. when you're saying it also it also helps uh when in, in mindfulness i think the more you practice the more the interconnection you begin to see and then what ends up happening is uh there's at least for me there's a, a feeling of responsibility to that interconnection and you mm-hmm. start to see things less as separate and more together. So then you feel, uh, I think there's a there's less divide and, and things become more equal feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is tends to be less feelings of I think greed and and these things that I think are really fueled by um, separatism because I know yes. a lot of people who, I mean, we live in a world where uh, a lot of power and a lot of wealth is granted to people who are not mindful and who really take advantage of others. And I think that a lot of that stems from uh, that viewpoint of disconnection, uh, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So I'm trying to think, do you have other thoughts about the well, uh, it does remind me of a, of a class I took uh, in college. Um, mm. I don't remember what the exact name of the class was, but uh, it was basically an analysis of the three main theories of the mind and self. Mm. So one was that uh, we are just a, a machine, uh, like a computer. Um, and the other one was that of a soul of a kind of a a permanent soul. And then the third was of a special mechanical process, which is the one uh, we explored all three. And then the, the end paper we had to write was on which one we thought was most accurate. Um, And I picked the special mechanical process, which was that we are uh, a makeup of all these different parts that when put together makes something that's unique. That if you take one of those parts away, um, the the whole might function, but it functions differently. Um, mm. And so, the whole kind of idea of the the inside versus the the outside, um, I think, is is interesting on all levels because I see it both in, in a personal level of what is 
self and and mm-hmm. who am I? And I also see it kind of in the world and in the universe that you can do it infinitely uh, of whatever is inside. You can find those things making up a larger outside and then that outsides teamed up with other outsides to make even a larger outside and just kind of keeps growing. Um, It's just interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is interesting. And I think like that was a really beautiful kind of description of that concept of, of as above, so below that there's that correspondence in the universe so that what's happening inside of us is also happening on a broader scale. And it's all there's, there's connection. Can you read your card one more time? I will. And then do you want me to read the back? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. So I'll read the front again. I am a magnet attracting unto myself. And the back of the card says, without exception, what you give thought to, wanted or unwanted, you begin to invite into your experience. See yourself as a magnet attracting unto you the essence of whatever you are thinking and feeling. For example, if you feel poor, you cannot attract prosperity. It defies the law. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I really think uh, it's it's very much just what mindfulness is. Yeah. Um, And I think uh, it's interesting because we are part of this interconnection of cause and effect and we no matter if we want to or not we have to respond to the things that we are connected to Um, but I think what we often fail to realize is how much power we have over uh, deciding how we respond yeah I think most of us uh, and I think all of us I mean it's just Mm -hmm often just respond subconsciously um, and out of instinct and out of habit um, and don't actually take the time to to choose or to challenge how we respond to things. And I think taking the time as much as possible to actually challenge yourself of why you're responding a certain way um, and looking back on that uh, really cultivates an ability to to be more present and to make the choices consciously as opposed to just being um, subjected to instinct. Right, right. It's that, it's that difference between recognizing that you have a choice and you have power in your response and, and not saying that it's easy to respond differently or to train yourself to a different response, but having that awareness and that curiosity and that intention to be mindful of and choose to respond in a different way and how I think that like the power in that is really remarkable you know and that's something that I've seen in my own life and it's really been huge for me because I think you know I've I've always had some level of awareness that like my thoughts were that I could choose to put intention towards certain thoughts or not. But I think that there's a lot of kind of conditioned responses that we have that we just don't even realize are still responses. 
things right, that right. are physical, things that are visceral. Um, and so for me, when I really, really intentionally started practicing mindfulness and made that effort to, okay, let me train myself to respond differently. It blew my mind with how it really affected how I felt and how I was able to move through things. And so I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, this card is really highlighting is how powerful we are, whether we're putting intention towards it or not. Cause even if we're not, we're still creating. Mm-hmm. I think too, it's also important to realize that, uh, it's not, uh, the, the, the whole process of cause and effect isn't a one and done type thing. Um, there's so many times where I'll be in a situation and I'll react to something instinctually because I'm not being mindful. And later on, I'll reflect on it and, and realize I wasn't mindful. Mm-hmm. And But because I self-reflected, I'm able to then choose a, a different action in the next moment that changes, that has a, a different kind of effect and kind of alters um the perspective and the the ripple that was caused by the first reaction right uh so it's it's an it's an ever-ending process and it's not just because mm-hmm. you make one mistake or you you make one choice that you wish you hadn't or wish you could change uh there's always more reactions and, and more actions in the future and in the now that you can can adjust Right, right. And you will react in a way that you didn't intend to because we're conditioned. And so these responses will happen. But it's about kind of expecting that and then recognizing, like you said, how you can reflect on it later and choose to make a different response. And I I talk to my therapy clients about this, that behavior change or, or response change really takes like multiple times of doing the thing that you don't want to do. And doing the thing that you told yourself you weren't going to do and you weren't going to respond to it and then still reflecting back on it and kind of going back to that process. And so it, it, it takes practice and it takes, you know, deconditioning because those automatic responses were, were practiced even though you don't you didn't consciously choose to practice them, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, and, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, now I lost what I was going to say. <laughs> I can't <laughs> really fast. Uh, I was going to say if I... No, do I remember? Yes. Um, the other thing I think too is that uh, uh, our instincts are not bad. Um, right. So there are times where the, the, it, it's a better choice to just react in that moment for that thing than try to sit there and contemplate what the choice is going to be. Um, because sitting, choosing to sit and contemplate is a choice you're making to react to a situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And in certain situations that can be the wrong choice. Um, So there is no kind of perfect way to be mindful in it. It's just a process we're constantly in of reaction, reaction. um, And we just have to do our best to try to be as mindful as we can, knowing that there is no possible way we can be perfectly mindful in every moment with every reaction and action. Right. Right. And I think it's also important to recognize that you can make a quick mindful response, you know, every mindful response, there's not one way to make a mindful response. It doesn't have to be that you sit and contemplate. I think 
your instincts can be a mindful response as well. And so I think that's kind of an important thing to highlight that it really can look so many different ways. And part of it is, is creating and cultivating that mindful space within yourself so that you're able to know and that you're able to kind of tune in and, 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 and have that awareness of what that feels like for yourself. Totally. Well, that's it. it. Yeah. It was like, all right, thanks. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) That did feel a little heavy. Do we have homework for this one or what are you thinking? Um, Hmm. Uh, well, I think, yeah, I think I'd like, uh, just to know what people are up, have been up to in their mindfulness practice this summer. And, uh, if people want to do a shout out on our Facebook group about, uh, a story or a moment or, uh, something they're, uh, trying to accomplish with being more reacting more mindfully. Um, share it with us. We'd love to hear it. And that's Mindfulness in Action, Civil Discourse. Uh, It's a Facebook group. All right. Sounds great. We will see you guys next time. See you next time.